You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Well, welcome back to Desert Rock FM here in the Diamantina Shire, uh, downtown Batuta in Koala Mattress Studios. You're joining uh, Errol Parker and Clancy Overall as always, and today we've got a special guest. It was actually quite nice of him to make the trip up here. He's, he's, he's got a lot on. He hasn't stopped recording albums for about 10 years. He is on the go right now. He's about to launch something for us. This is Dan Sultan. Hello. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. It's hot. Now, Dan, you are a worldly, worldly musician in that you've spent a lot of time working and living right around the country. Mm. You did your time up in uh, Cairns as a I young have. boy. I've lived in Cairns yeah. for a few years. Brand new day, obviously, set out of Broome. Yeah, spent a lot of time in the Kimberleys. Yeah. Lived in Darwin. Yeah. And uh, mostly Melbourne. Melbourne. Um, Fitzroy's favourite son. Oh, I don't know about that. We'll Dep- say, we'll it say depends that. Depends who you talk to, I think. <laughs> uh, depends what, what period yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And it. now I'm um, actually in, in Sydney yeah, these right. days. Yeah, so. right. Sylvania Waters way. Close to Sylvania, Sylvania <laughs> Waters. <laughs> yeah. Do you own a jet I, ski yet, Dan? No, but I actually went in and bought a lawnmower the other day from Sylvania Mowers. Ooh. Which was, uh, I mean, it's if anyone who knows it, it's floor to ceiling. Stacked with whippersnippers and mowers. There's mowers about five deep out the front. Right. And uh, nothing's for sale. <laughs> he, he wants to hang on to everything. <laughs> There's a few things in there. I walked in and I said, oh, you know, I'm looking for a mower. And he said, oh, look, I've got some new stuff here. But you're better off waiting a couple of weeks and see if, you know, there'll be a secondhand thing coming in. And the new stuff isn't that good as far as, you know, quality, but there'll be a good quality secondhand one coming in. And I go, oh, okay. And then I sort of looked at one. I go, so what's this one here? And he said, oh, that's brand new, but it's about a year old. And I can do that right. for, you know, I think it was about 350 bucks, you know, which is still 350 bucks, but it's not 800 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. So is that just not a good quality one or something? He goes, no, that's great. And I was like, well, <laughs> can I have it then? <laughs> he wasn't too keen on selling stuff either. A bit like no, a guitar well. salesman. <laughs> but he was great. He was, you know, loved his mowers. He had to replace the fuel line and uh, my darling fiance reckons that he just wanted to work on it a bit before <laughs> before he before he got rid of it. But, yeah, Sylvania mowers, I'll give a bit of a plug there. It was good. Don't expect to buy anything, but I think mm-hmm. if you've got a mower that needs servicing, he's, he's good for that. You might not get it back, though. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit like that in the guitar stores, I guess. There's a lot of people having to sell things they don't want to sell. Yeah, absolutely. There's a guitar shop down in Melbourne. Uh, friends of mine run. Uh, there's a couple pretty close to each other. Music, uh, music swap shop and uh, Found Sound. And I've had to convince my mate Louie at Found Sound to sell me a couple of things. It's like it's on the wall, mate. <laughs> and well, if you sell it to me, then you know where it is, you know. And if I sell it, I won't. I'll sell it to you, and you know. And there's this other one, Swap Shop. I've actually got a couple of guitars in there. I've been going in there since I was a kid. And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if those <laughs> guitars are going to sell anytime soon. It's hard to find them. It, looked, it reminded me of the mower shop, actually. <laughs> the mower shop reminded me of the swap shop. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in there. They are reluctant to sell some of the stuff. You'd yep. think they'd just be better off just having, like, a higher store, you know, like having, like, 
a canards higher, but for guitars and um, or a, a museum, you yeah. know, <laughs> more to the point. Yeah, where it's on loan, a library. Yeah, yeah just a, not even the you guitar well, library. You can't take it. You just can, you can come in and look at it, you know. And <laughs> we, you know, donations accepted. You know, <laughs> what um, what are you rocking now? What kind of acts are you playing with now? Uh, right now, I've actually um, I've got one um, with me at the moment. Like as you mentioned, I'm in the middle of a bit of stuff, so I'm cruising around with one at the moment, which is an old. 1969 uh, Fender Telecaster, mm-hmm. which ah. is pretty special. Just like what the boss used to use. The boss doesn't mind a tally. Yeah. Mm. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't mind a tally. I mean, they're pretty much just a nerd out a bit about it all. They're straight up. If you can't handle it on a tally, then, you know, there's just no way to hide on a Telecaster. Mm. It's just wood with some pickups and just straight up. And they're just, uh, you know, they're just pretty pure as far as a, an electric mm-hmm. guitar goes and um 69 is uh to really nerd out is sort of post cbs buyout of of fender and uh pre-cbs is more expensive and more collectible and considered a lot better and look in a lot of ways they are but the, the early cbs stuff uh sort of mid to late 60s is uh, beautiful i can't afford anything from before that but i've got a couple of nice things um from just after that and this telecaster's uh yeah, it's a good one. It's nice. Now, back-to-back albums, 2017 2018, mm. and now you've got a bit going on this year. Back-to-back-to-back. To back. Yeah. To-back. To-back. Yeah. Doubling up this year. Doubling up this year, yeah. i got an album coming out. Um, we actually just dropped the first single the other day. It's a cover song of Michael Kuanaka's Love and Hate, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful song to listen to and to sing. Uh, at least it was. <laughs> before I got my hands on it. Yeah, look, there's Gillian uh, Welsh, Miss Ohio, so there's a couple of covers on there, but it's also, it's just songs from my past catalogue. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a new album, but it's old songs, so it's it's the Lazy Man's new album. You but, know? but we, you know, we, we spoke to Paul Kelly. Uh, Never heard of him. Late last year. Yeah, you might have. Uh, is the AFL player. Oh, yeah, of No, course. no, it's Dan Kelly's uncle. The, um, <coughs> oh, the, the journalist. Does yeah. Dan Kelly have an uncle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's a musician of sorts, and he had done a similar thing mm. with... Um, but, you know, those... And Slim Dusty, the same. It's, you know, when you do that much songwriting... There's always a few ones that were there, right? There was always a few that you kind of wish you could have put them on somewhere and then you get them again. Yeah, well, these are songs that I'd released before, but they're just done really stripped back. You know, I um, played everything on the album. Now, that sounds a bit more impressive than it is Mm. because there's not really much going on (laughs) on the album. (laughs) But, I've, you know, it's um, acoustic guitar with some nice sparkly electric there and some, some percussion and here and there, just little things here and there and also piano. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm feeling really good these days and, you know, doing really well and really healthy and I'm in, in some rare form. Everything we did, most things were done in one take but no more than two or three takes. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, look, that comes from years of knowing the songs, yeah. you know, and you just it's just, you know, instinct. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't want to make it sound like we were being lazy with it because – you know, if we got it, if we didn't get a take that we liked, then we'd move, then we'd keep trying. You know, it's just that we got those takes really yeah. early, and yeah. most of the time we got it in the first one. Well, you you're know? pretty fresh right now. You're you're looking pretty good. I'm pretty fresh at the moment. It's yeah. good, feeling good. I've been uh, taking care of myself since about early June. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for one reason or another, yeah. and uh, yeah, doing really well, happy, yeah. healthy, and uh, productive. 
I mean, this album that we were just talking about, it's called Avery Takes. It was done at the Avery Studios in mm. Melbourne. Okay. Uh, in uh, Abbotsford. Ah. And I've also got another album, uh, a kid's album that I've made right. as well. So, is, this a, is this a Dan Sultan exclusive that we're getting here on the Batuta Radio Show? Yeah, well, it is at the moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, uh, it's a story about a... Uh, an Arctic tern, which is a kind of migratory bird yeah. from the North Pole, that they migrate to the South Pole every year. And this bird was born with a crooked wing, so she's you know she gets a bit lost, and she meets a lot of friends along the way. And yeah, right. um, you know they're all they've all got their little things about them yeah. that, that are different to each other, and it's you know it's about acceptance and you know just being good to each other and having a sing song you know things were getting pretty full on last year and the year before and mm -hmm. that's why i had to take a break last year because i was doing my head in a bit about stuff whether made the album killer which you know charted really well yeah. and got really great reviews but i didn't really get on many festival bills and mm -hmm. you know there was a bit of a lack as far as radio play was concerned which was pretty heartbreaking mm -hmm. and look that is what it is and you either keep moving and you know just keep keep uh, creating or you do what I did for a while there, which was, you know, I became pretty fucking resentful, <laughs> you know, and I made myself pretty sick, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, I, um, I needed to take a break from partying and all that stuff for quite some time leading up to that, but it all kind of came to a head with all that stuff, you know. It's, uh, it was the best album that I've ever made and, yeah. you know, it was um, – I – had some expectations on it that didn't get met and it was it was a bit heartbreaking you know well, so well there's nothing like you know getting out of that rut of taking yourself a bit too seriously and all that stuff um like writing a kid's album you know yeah. so now i've written a song there's a song on there the windy the windy gorilla and she farts a lot you know <laughs> and there's also tembo the giraffe and this is a true yeah. story she grew up she grew up in an elephant orphanage and identifies as an elephant right. you know okay. and i was yeah. there at this orphanage. identity politics going on in this well album. maybe maybe not however people want to read into it you know yeah. but uh I was there in Nairobi in Kenya at this national park with this in this elephant orphanage with this baby giraffe who would go out with the elephants all day, big herd, and then they'd come back into the, the orphanage at the end of the day and she'd see, you know, giraffes out there and be curious and stuff but always come back with the elephants and yeah. I just thought that's what kind of sparked this, this whole thing. I thought, well, that would be a great book, yep. kid's book, you yep. know, and I spoke to my friend who was on the trip with me who's a writer and filmmaker and i asked him if he wanted to write some stories and ideas for songs and it all just stemmed from there you well, know is this your first time delving into the uh, lucrative market of australian <laughs> kids like you've been on play school before i've dipped my seen... toe i've yeah. dipped my toe i've yeah. done play school a couple yeah. of times yeah. and i i was on the wiggles yeah. last album right but I'm, uh, you know, I'm coming for them, yeah, basically. Good, good. I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> coming for your wiggles. Oh, and then, They know, gave me my start and I've just turned on them, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, also very understandable um, the stuff you are saying earlier about uh, Killer because there were some tracks on that album, Kingdom particularly. And what was the song you teamed up with, Le Pepe? Drover. Drover, yeah. yeah that, Drover. Well, that was a redo. So we did Killer Under a Blood Moon mm -hmm. the following year, which was an EP where we had uh, Camp Cope. Mm -hmm. We had AB Original and, and Meg Mac mm -hmm. redoing four tracks from Killer, mm -hmm. which was awesome and that, that was great. you know. And that all came around really well um, and organically as well. Um, obviously, we had the tracks already there mm -hmm. and we put two bonus tracks on it as well that we'd recorded while we were making Killer that didn't, didn't make the album, but I... 
they they just didn't fit really with with the album killer itself but you know great tracks you know on their own so it was good to be able to release those yeah and that all came around really organically and you know we got a couple of noms for that at the arias and um it charted really well mm-hmm. as well well it sounds like you're back and you're wholesome and you're and you're I don't refreshed. know about wholesome. Wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sober. So you're telling us this uh this this new kids album might be PG. <laughs> uh, yeah, pushing it to PG. <laughs> no, it's just uh, fighting gorillas and frill neck lizards that that are a bit neurotic and yeah. can't control their, their necks, the frill. So they're, uh-huh. they're knocking they're knocking shit over all the time. <laughs> well, it's a good way to stop taking yourself too seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, yeah. you know, and it's just been so good for my well, spirit, you know. It sounds like the type of album that the New South Wales government would rather everyone in the country try and listen to how they've gone to their huge efforts of closing down the live music scene in their state and well, yeah. closing down music I don't know that- festivals. Have you found mm. that in, in, in your line of work, especially when you come to New South Wales, Things have gotten a bit grim. Um, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you say it sounds like the kind of album that they'd like, but you know the way they go after young people. Yeah. I mean, they just might go even younger yeah. now. Yeah. It's the same mentality as you know people up in arms about council wanting to put in a skate park or someone proposes yeah. Yeah. putting in a skate park in a in a country town. It's got nothing to do with uh, safety or crime or anything like that. It's just got everything to do with you know it's a. It's not a war on drugs or no. music or anything. It's a war on young people. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what it is. I mean, they talk about low-risk festivals and high-risk festivals. I mean, what constitutes a low or high-risk festival? I mean, basically, you know, if it's about safety, then you'd put in pill testing because these kids are going to be taking those pills anyway. Yeah. And if you're talking, you know, they're throwing around words, buzzwords like money grab, accusing festivals of trying <laughs> to do stuff like that. Well, what do you, you know, I think shutting down the cross and, you know, sending all the punters who are still punching on and still there's still massive alcohol and drug fueled violence. Yeah. It's just moved to the casino where the government has vested interests. What would you call that as far yeah. as money grab? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? well, and another thing. No. <laughs> you know? And it's just, you know, it's just for me, it's just, you know, it's just obvious what's happening. It's just the classic war on young people. I mean, these people, you know, went to university for free. They pay fuck all for a house. Mm-hmm. They walk straight into a job that they had, that they had for life, yeah. and well, you know, then just living off their superannuation. And now it's it's harder for, than ever for a young person to go to university to be able to afford it. It's harder than ever to get into the property market. And now they want to take away music festivals. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, preach, preach. <laughs> well, uh, I spoiled, saw uh... the most, easily the most spoiled generation yeah. that we got. And listen, you know, I know a lot of baby boomers. My parents are baby boomers, and there's, there's some really good people. You know, of course. And it's not just you can't just paint a whole generation like that. But I just think it's uh, I just think if you just look at the big picture, you know what I mean. Just let them dance. I mean they're not going to be able to go into the property market unless they get some massive inheritance. You know they're not going to be able to pay off their fucking hex debt unless they get some massive inheritance. The least you can let them do is just go and have a dance and let them be safe. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Let them dance to every takes. <laughs> well, dance to every takes. All gnarly and friends. You know. <laughs> yeah. That's the kids' well. album. I read in the news uh, a, couple, a couple of weeks ago that they classed the day on the green in the Hunter Valley as being a low-risk festival, but they still had... I was there, mate. Un- they still had undercover cops there with handguns. They still had drug <laughs> detection dogs, and some bloke got dragged out and arrested because he blew his nose at, at a copper, and the gollies come out, like, out of his nose... 
and landed on this cop and this yeah. cop's given this bloke a hiding and well, then I and then this bloke gets that. charged with assaulting a police officer. Yeah, right. Well, you know, look, don't be blowing gobbies on people, you know what I mean? <laughs> but but yeah, look, and and it, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, yeah. I was at the rally recently up in um in Sydney and um you know, I mentioned that I was at a so-called low-risk event the weekend yeah. before that and it was the Hunter Valley I performed yeah. at that and I didn't see it but um Someone working on the event and someone working for the for the bands that played um, went for a wander and just saw a big punch on between mm. some between some men who had been drinking all day in the sunshine. You know what I mean? And these people were <laughs> of a certain age demographic, so called low risk age demographic. You angry know what I mean? Boomers. Yeah, angry boomers. <laughs> you know, and you just think you got them all rolled up, Dan. <laughs> yeah, angry sunburned boomers. Wasn't while I was playing. It was about <laughs> half an hour afterwards that just they got steered. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, I mean, what is a high risk and what is a low risk? I mean, it's pretty obvious to me what it is. It's it's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an attack on young people and it's an attack on, you know, the, look, kids are going to do what they're going to do and they're going to they, they don't care what what you or I say or what what the government says, you know. And the, what we should be doing is responsible as a responsible society is making that as safe as possible, you know. I mean, I've been, I've been there, and I've been, I've been a risk at a so-called low-risk festival many times. You and know, you're on stage. I've dodged a lot of bullets. Yeah, on stage more recently. Fucking <laughs> idiot. Yeah, but you know, I've dodged a lot of bullets in my time, and I feel very fortunate. But there are some kids that you know they overdo it. People overdo it, and they go down. And you know, you, you we just gotta, just gotta be there as a society to, to uh, put things in place to make sure that. You know, there's risky behaviour, but just make it as, as safe as possible. What do you think Woodstock would have been listed as? High, well, high risk in a I couple think, of dollars. I think pretty high risk. I mean, they talk. A kids, couple they, kids got born at Woodstock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, I I don't want to try to quote verbatim here because I can't actually remember it totally, but, you know, people talking about this only being a, a recent thing with risky music festivals and stuff like that with kids. I mean, music festivals over the years, you know, people died at Woodstock. People yeah. died at that. You know, um, at Big Day Out. Yeah, yeah. Big Day Out. And you what know, what was that one Nick Jagger put on where someone got shot? Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the hell, the hell, um, let's get the Hell's Angels. Yeah, to the security. Hell's Angels one at um at a racetrack. It was. was um, yeah. I actually, uh, I actually know the guy who. If you watch that video, it's it's a British guy saying, "Get in the chopper." <laughs> At the end, like, "Come on!" Yeah, right. I know that guy. He's a nice guy. He was there. Yeah, that was heavy. So things have been heavy for a long time. And look, you know, people are always going to say, "Oh, youth of today," and all of that bullshit. You know what I mean? It's just bullshit. So why doesn't this happen in Victoria? I mean, well, because when they shut down the tote, which is an institution. You know, the following day there was over 3,000 people out the front who blocked off the intersection of Johnston and Wellington Street and yeah. had a party out there because they weren't just they just weren't going to stand for it. And then within a month, uh, Quincy and Helen from from uh, Bakehouse Studios had had organised this rally where we got about 50,000 people, you know, <laughs> up Burke Street at the at the steps of Parliament House. What just because the tote, which was for our well, the tote was a symbol. You know, oh, right. The tote was a symbol of where things were going, these venues. I mean, if you were to put on live music, if you were a restaurant that had someone playing guitar in the corner, then you legally had to employ security guards. Yeah. There was all yeah. this legislation, knee-jerk reaction legislation coming out, you know. So all of these places had to shut down, which is, you know, something that happened to Sydney a long time ago. And, again, I don't know heaps about it, the, at the particulars, so I don't want to speak out of school, but so spoiled, you know, in, in Sydney for just such beautiful – you know, cultural 
happenings. Yeah. And, you know, it's just got shut down a long time ago. Do you think you know? New South Wales, uh, New South Welshmen and women are a bit more apathetic? I mean, geez, 50,000 people on 24-hour turnaround, that's a lot of people to march. Well, it was about a week later than 50,000, oh, right. but there was about just over 3,000 24 hours after the tote was shut down <laughs> because they couldn't afford to employ all the security. They always had security guards at the gigs, and they always had people there, and it was just a normal pub and a normal venue, you know, that it would have a dust-up every now and then, but it wasn't like, you know, you knew that it was, it was pretty mellow. You it, know? Wasn't, it wasn't. I'll tell you what, though. No. I think you'd be lucky to get... 3,000 to a midweek NRL game down there in Sydney. You know? yeah. Well, i got a theory, right? And I think it all ties in. And this is a Melbourne person recently moved to Sydney again. You know, I don't yeah, want to speak... We, we um, like to spark this up. I don't up. want to speak <laughs> too much. <laughs> but basically, I think it's the weather. Yeah. Because yeah. Sydney has such beautiful weather. Mm. So if it rains, doesn't matter. We'll just chill out and just go do, do it mm. tomorrow. Yeah. Whereas Melbourne, if you stayed in... Every time it rained, you'd never do anything, mm. you know. So Melbourne just, I mean, you put your jacket on, you take your umbrella, you put your gloves on. Put your Doc you know, Martens on. Put your Docs on. Black, got any blacker, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go out whether it's raining or not yeah, because right. if you didn't, you'd never do anything, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the city then gets set up for that over the decades and decades mm. of it and people then go to it. I mean, a perfect example of Melbourne I can, I can say here is I went to the football at the MCG and um, AFL football and um, – I saw someone there. I just recognised them because I'd seen them at the football before and it was just someone's face that you might see yeah. over the years. It's like, oh, I've seen that guy around, yeah. you know. Uh, and then a week later, uh, my father and I went to Hamer Hall, big beautiful concert hall on the Yarra and saw Herbie Hancock mm. and the same guy was sitting about three rows in front of me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just kind of – that's just indicative of Melbourne and yeah. people are just keen and they just go out yeah. and they go to the football or they go to – you know, and it, it was, again, the middle of the year, freezing cold and there's, you know, 60,000 people at, at the MCG. Yeah. It's still yeah. only two-thirds full, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sydney's too pretty. 60,000. Well, I, I think it was just – I think it is the weather. I mean, just, you know, just so spoiled for – for such beautiful weather in such a beautiful city that if it's raining today or tomorrow, mm. that doesn't matter because in a couple of days it's going to be beautiful yeah. and we can go and yeah. do Sydney, stuff. Sydney I will say the destroyed. rally in what? Sydney, yeah. it was raining that day yeah. and there was a shitload of people that turned up yeah, right. and I was a bit concerned about that just knowing <laughs> what it's been like at shows over the years and stuff like that, if it's raining or if it's not and whether people are going to head out or not. And, uh, you know, Sydney showed up and they showed up and um, I thought, to to Sydney's credit, yeah, yeah, it was great. Sydney has been described as the uh, the pretty teenager that never had to try. Um, that's, that's, <laughs> just, that's you know things come too easy to Sydney. The Olympics came quite easily to Sydney. You know a lot a lot of things come quite easily to this um, city down south that has the harbour and um, has the beaches. Whereas Brisbane, I guess Brisbane's got a, a busier nightlife as well. If you look at Fortitude Valley, oh my and, god, yeah, I tell you what, I um. So I stopped drinking, mm. you know, uh, in June last year. Mm. And there are moments where, you know, you'll feel like having a drink and, mm -hmm. you know, you don't and that passes and stuff. And then there are moments when, you know, you really get consolidated and solidified in, in your decision. Mm. And I played a show in Brisbane in December on a Saturday night. <laughs> you were happy and not I, drinking. And, I, and then I went out with some friends. I've got good friends who live in Brisbane, yeah. life, lifelong friends. And we're all going out for dinner as we do every time. And anyone who's stopped drinking and wants to stay off the drink for a while, walk through Fortitude Valley 
at about 11 o'clock at night on a Friday or a Saturday night and you'll feel pretty good about your decision. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm really trying band, yeah. not to be this sanctimonious, self-righteous, <laughs> I don't drink anymore guy, but I'll tell you and I'll be honest with you now, I walked down that street and I was like, oh, I'm just so much better than all of you. <laughs> and of course I'm not. I'm yeah. just sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like when I was when I was drinking, I was so much worse than all of you, yeah, obviously. You would have been, been deep in Wickham Street. In yeah. the moment, mm. you know. But, um, yeah, it was a, there, there are things that come up and, you know, help you out like that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. Anyone who needs to – who wants to give themselves a bit of a break – um, who live in Brisbane and they've done so they might have done a couple of couple of weeks or maybe a month and they're starting to get a bit itchy they want to do a f- bit more yeah. go visit the Maccas just just go and get yourself a kebab at, at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> on a Saturday yeah. and uh, yeah. keep your wits about you yeah that's right <laughs> now tell us moving into a, a you know a children's album have you seen how people describe you as a musician change over the years like there was a time when Dan Sultan was a country music singer in the eyes of a lot of people and then folk and then you know dare I say protest yeah <laughs> yeah well you know being a young successful aboriginal man is a fucking political statement in itself yeah, yeah, unfortunately yeah. I mean, we don't have to get right into that but look I don't mind look people um, I've never belonged to us to, to a clique or a uh, certain genre yeah. or a certain scene you know, I've been on festivals with uh, bands like Violent Soho, and then I've, and then I've, you know, performed and recorded with some friends of mine who do hip hop, yeah. and I've also done country music and rock and roll, and you know, um, now kids album. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically, I don't belong to any particular yeah. genre or anything like that, which isn't something that I've, you know, done deliberately, uh, but it's just the way it's turned out, and I don't mind it. I think. You know, I, I like to listen to lots of different types of music yeah. and I like to make music that I like to listen to. Yeah. So as complicated as it might seem initially, the idea of someone not belonging to a genre and while well, it's, it's a bit chaotic, it's actually quite simple. Yeah. You know, I I just like to make music that I like to listen to yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's all different types of music, you know. What did you come up on? Is it a Pennywise? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Bro him. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah, lots of Pennywise, uh, no effects. Yeah. Uh, this name that they were a bit more daggy, but they were MXPX. Yeah. There they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all of that, you know, and, you know, we skated and, you know, you know, smoked bongs and, yeah. and all that Thrasher. shit. Thrasher. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but, you know, uh, toe to toe, friends were rom. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were there. I was there, man. <laughs> I actually played in a band with a uh, mate of mine who's in Sydney, uh, Wade Kieran, who's played in a lot of different bands. He plays with uh, Steve Smythe over the years and he's now in Polish Club. He's a producer and yeah. um, maybe a few of the listeners out there might know Wade. And when we were living in Cairns, we played in a band together called Tossa. Yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> you know, and we just skated around and played. Yeah. Bit of tropical North grunge. We own, we did own far North Queensland for about five minutes. I yeah. like to say we we're in the Barfly, which yeah. is the street press. Yeah, right. As you know, fifteen-year-olds, we actually played at this uh, <laughs> played at this um, McDonald's car park in Innisfail. Yeah, classic. A little festival they put on there, day festival, and we were on second last. And of course, swearing and all that bullshit. You know, um, hell yeah. And they cut. They told us to stop. <laughs> you know, yeah. Bobcat was there, and uh, we didn't, of course. <laughs> Bobcat, yeah, yeah. 
So was the language. Cat in the hat. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. How's the language? Yeah. Get this off the stage Get now. Get this off the stage now. And uh, he's what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so we didn't swear. So anyway, they cut the power. You know, right. Macca's car park, classic. And they and right. we were packing up our stuff. And it was all very punk rock. And um, I heard the fallback start come on again. Yeah. You can hear the, you know, yeah. the mics are live again. Yeah. And I got up, and this was at the start of a particular ad pa- campaign by one of their competitors. And I got up and I said, "The burgers are better at Hungry Jacks." Oh, so that was probably punk uh, rock. that was as punk rock as I've as I've ever got. I think <laughs> that was pretty good, and we still we still have a good laugh about that one. There are people that I've met who I'm good friends with now, uh, who know Wade, and they're like, "Hey, Dad, I heard from Wade. You know, tell me the you stuck it to the man. Tell me the burgers are better story. <laughs> you know, Wade said it was a classic. Yeah, yeah. so it was pretty rock and roll." <laughs> in uh, in the Innisfail McDonald's car park in uh, 1997, <laughs> 1998. Now, was there any music in the family yeah. prior to you becoming a musical savant? <laughs> That's very kind of you. I don't know if I agree, but yeah. Yeah, the music in the family yeah. over the generations. Uh, my dad's grandfather, uh, Ripley, it's a great old name. Yeah, right. He... Uh, he used to play for the silent movies. Yeah, right. All oh, right. And he yeah. he had a really great ear. You know, yeah. he could hear something and then play it pretty much straight away. You know, uh, he could figure it out in his head. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I you know feel really fortunate about. That I've you know that's something that's a, an ability that I've always had. And Dad didn't get that ability, <laughs> so I think it skipped a couple of generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dad's mother and um, his aunties, so her his daughters, Ripley's daughters. You know they played music, but they they read they read music. Now I'm I'm dyslexic, so I sort of could read music while I was doing it regularly in high school or learning about it. Yeah. But as far as just uh, sight read and, and play as I go, I've never that's something that I've never been able to do. But I, I've always just played by ear, and Ripley had the ear. But on on the other side, on my mum's side, you know my brother's got a great ear as well. Yeah, he sort of. You know, he played sax for a while when he was younger, and you know he he can do it. He doesn't do it as much as um, as he'd like to. I don't know. You'd have to ask him, but he's definitely got the ability. Yeah, we get that from mum. Mm-hmm. Mum's got a great ear as well, and she, you know, great great singer. And yeah. she actually um, she could have been a really amazing opera singer, but she had you know issues with her upbringing and, and confidence and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, she had. She's had a pretty hard time, Mum, in a lot of ways. So, um, where's your uh, mother's? Where's your family from on that side? On Mum's side, they're from uh, Central Australia. Yeah, but they all went to Adelaide when they were kids. Yeah, uh, got taken to Adelaide. I mm-hmm. should say they didn't go. They didn't, it's not like they went to Adelaide. They yep. got taken yep. to Adelaide. Uh, so I've got a lot of family there, and, and uh, Elizabeth and and what's the mob? Uh, Aranda yeah. and Gurindji, which right. is. Uh, Wave Hill is Gurindji and Eastern Aranda, yeah. which is uh, Alice Springs, east of Alice Springs. Beautiful A lot country. closer to Batuta than Melbourne too. It is, yeah. I'm feeling, I can feel it. I'm just going to, I might just head towards the sunset and keep oh, going. Oh, Birdsville Development Road. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, it's a beautiful part of the world, you know. I spent the first few years of my life living in Alice Springs, which, you know, obviously I can't remember a lot of it, but there's a lot of it that I can. I got mm-hmm. a, My memory goes back a long way. And spending time out in Yundamu, my father worked for the Aboriginal Legal Service and I spent a lot of time out there with him and I've been back since. I was only there last year. You know, I've worked done a lot of work out in uh, 
out in community in remote places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to do that, see a lot of beautiful things yeah. uh, in this country. I actually, I don't know if I want to get, oh, yeah, fuck it, I will. Someone got stuck into me online, as mm-hmm. is the thing. You know, at the moment, yeah. it's just so fucking crazy. All this That's just shit. the thing of 2019. <laughs> fucking, fucking Instagram. It's never Everyone at the pub anymore, fuck, is it? Everyone just fucking right. shut up and fucking yeah. just chill out. Anyway, that's my rant about that. But someone got stuck into me saying, oh, you know, too famous to come out to Aboriginal communities, too famous to do this, too, rah, rah, and it's just like, you, know, you fucking got no idea who I am and the things that I've done and the, the family that I come from. You know, I've had family and myself included, you know, my brother. You know, we've worked in everything from legal Land Council, housing, health, mm. education, with the Go Foundation that provides scholarships for kids mm-hmm. from primary all the way up to university. You know, I've run, I've run, I've run workshops out there. You know, put on shows out there. I've been out. You know, I've seen it, and I've had people close to me who have experienced things, and myself personally. You know, some of the really horrible things that can go out in these remote places. Yeah. If that person's listening, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. tell anyway. them. <laughs> Hopefully, they are. Trolls, obviously, a big part of being a high-profile <laughs> musician nowadays. I'm, I'm sure it is. I actually commented on one thing you put up about Baby Boomers saying they, they never worked for anything, and I deleted yeah. it because I basically <laughs> said, these guys didn't have to pay for uni, but this feel I just did before. And some guy replied to me, goes, aren't musicians supposed to be happy? <laughs> and he said something like, you sound like a whiny little schoolgirl or something. Yeah. And I just thought, fair enough. <laughs> and I just deleted the comment. I thought, ah, oh, you know what? He's yeah, probably yeah, right. He's I, I know that I'm right, but at the same time, yeah. it's just like, yeah. he's right. He's actually, yeah. I'm aware I could have got stuck into him about what, so, you know, you know, females automatically have a negative connotation to you. And rah, rah. I could have, yeah. there's a lot of places yeah. I could have yeah. gone. Yeah. But, you know, there's a great meme out at the moment of the two corgis, one's up on the couch and one's down on the bottom and they're just kind of barking each other, you know, being possessive over their toys yeah. and there's overdubs uh, of them saying, what did you say about immigration? You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's definitely worth a look and it yeah. pretty much sums it all up. Look, at the end of the day, it's only fucking Instagram. You know what I mean? Jesus, yeah. you know, just show me your fucking dog and shut up. It, and it'll probably be on uncool in, in two or three years time and yeah. no one will use it hopefully you know? yeah because <laughs> i'm really tired i gotta have a break man you know not from this conversation but from this, i'll just go too hard i mean i've got a i've got an addictive personality yeah. i went to fucking rehab yeah, this year yeah. for fuck's sake well we haven't even seen those modules in, implemented in rehab yet there'll be social media oh, yeah i know saying, uh, there should be i'll tell you what i'll tell you what the absolute worst thing for our newspaper has been Heading on to social media, I mean, now that we've we've just been exposed to this disgusting underbelly, <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, like, like, I just, just, like, I miss when, you know, the most hate that we'd get would be a, an angry letter to the editor, yeah, and now, <laughs> and now you've got people, you know, bloody, yeah, calling you this, calling you that, oh, yeah. and and you've never met them, mm. no. And you know it's, uh, and they've got no name and they've got no face. They're no, just, that's right. They're just a Hilux or no? What is it? They're just an angry <laughs> motorbike, yeah, <laughs> or, or an angry bloody HSV Malu that's got an automatic gearbox. You know, this, these fucking people, or an angry Damn. silhouette standing up on a branch over over a river about to jump in or something like that, or on a rope swing. Yeah. Are, you, are you still driving a Commodore? You were in a Dunny door for a while. <laughs> I was years ago. Yeah, yeah, I haven't had a Commodore for years. I had a VN station wagon. Ooh. 
green. Oh, yeah. You know, the old VNs, yeah, uh, nice the old, that boxy. old Holden colour, it was a light green. Yeah, nice and it had roof racks on it? It had roof racks, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, put the mini mail up there. <laughs> I was always a big big fella. You know, I was yeah. uh, got up to about 135 kilos so by the time I was about 19. Right. So, you know, driving around with the P plates and the mini mail. I so could handle a mini mail, but nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it could handle you. Uh, it could handle uh, me more to the point, yeah. Do you, so, by the time you were in Brand New Day, mm. Was that like after, like, what, did you go on a boot camp or something? If you're no. 130 kegs at 19, yeah. that was, you were a slender little thing. Um, I was. Opposite Mowboy. I was, yeah, I was. And every time I go out to community, the kids like to remind me of that as well. Because <laughs> they think, oh, well, brand new day, it was yesterday. Yeah. So, well, actually, <laughs> it was 10 years ago and there are certain reasons why I didn't eat that much at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you got to try to keep a sense of humour about it. I was it. a rock star, kid. <laughs> well, you're looking good, man. <laughs> Thanks. And you're sounding good too. Avery Takes, uh, that's out now. It's out now. Yep. Yeah. And the tour is well underway. It's underway, and like I said, it's the longest tour in history. Yeah, I'm actually getting to a lot of places I didn't get to go to last year when I took time off. Mm -hmm. So that's really good and important for me to mm -hmm. be able to do that, um, and getting to some places, some new places mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah, and uh, of course for the kids, the parents that are going to be hearing this ricocheted around the car and the house for the next. Year or so, couple of years, ten uh, years, ten years. How many kids? Years. Years. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going, keep going. Uh, and when and that's out. That's out in a month or two. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm. I can't wait for my kids to hear it, Dan. Fighting gorillas. Yeah. Yep. Identity, jumping giraffes, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Species fluid. Birds. The hero. She's you know gnarly. She's got uh, that's her name, mm -hmm. gnarly. With a G? She's got, um, no, just N-A-L-I. Okay. I thought it might be a surfing reference or something. <laughs> no, I've got Steve Clear in that one. Uh, yeah, it's an Inuit name, actually. So okay. all the names. <laughs> all right. All the names oh, that we're using. Mark there. <laughs> we're getting pretty good with it. I mean, we're just trying to just do everything right, yeah. you know. All the names of the characters are local names of mm -hmm. where they're from, mm -hmm. you know. Except there is one character I'll say now. It's uh, Kumba, the Potteroo, which lives in Esperance. And... Uh, Nali discovers her, and Kumba, um, that's a local name from there, but the, Kumba's best friend is a quokka. She, they live, they're really shy, but they coexist really well with quokkas, and her best yeah. friend is, is Barry the quokka. <laughs> right, Barry. Yeah. So that's Barry quokka. That's a very rock yeah. island name. Uh, it's Barry quokka, <laughs> yeah. and he's an extrovert, and he's trying to teach her not to be too shy. And, yeah, yeah. you know, we gotta, we're still figuring out how he's going to look as far as copyright issues yeah, go yeah. with Barry Crocker, but I want him <laughs> I want him to have big, big flary lapels and a gold microphone and, yeah, and a yeah, big yeah. mo and... And an awesome comb over. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the title of this? Gnarly and Friends. Gnarly and Friends. Beautiful. Yeah. So um, that's, right. that's a lot of fun. This is this is Dan's uh, uh, ticket to Wiggles money. So everyone, get out there, get amongst it. This is my uh, yeah. This is just my part of my diversifying. You know, something for the kids, something yeah. fun. You know, these songs they go for you know a minute forty to two minutes, and they're funny and uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's been a Really good for me personally, yeah, yeah. in a healing way. Yeah. yeah, looking looking forward to hearing it, Dan. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for stopping by our quiet desert town, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again up here. Well, thanks very much. I might try to jump in that river. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, you know what? It's probably safer here than it is in Sylvania waters. You're less likely to jump into yeah. a shopping trolley, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Let's go for a swim. Yeah.